Welcome to the Do More Podcast, where we share strategies and tips for improving your life in every aspect. Here's your host, John Farling. All right, welcome back to the show. Today's a little bit different to where if you're able to, if you can watch this on YouTube, awesome. Um, I'm going to draw here on the whiteboard that I've got behind me. Um, kind of how I've progressed, how I started and how I've progressed with my my management for my storage facilities. Uh, had multiple people reach out to me wanting this information. I know it's valuable. Um, this was a thing that I need to wrap my head around before I got in storage. And uh, there are definitely people that pay thousands of dollars for this information. So certainly valuable. I'll go through what's helped me. Um, just talking to other other friends, other storage owners too, and, and kind of some things that they've done. But I'm going to go through basically my progression here, um, buying first facility, how I operated, how I operated remotely for the most part, and how I operate today, uh, four years later. So uh, before we get into it, <clears throat> I want to thank everybody for listening, uh, watching. Appreciate it. Um, feel free to share. Obviously, I don't get anything out of this other than uh, you know sharing content with you guys. Um, I enjoy having people on that I can interview and learn from. That's been awesome. I've learned a ton. Uh, but again, share, like, subscribe, all that stuff, and uh, let's get into it. So remote management storage facilities. Um, when I started in this, I couldn't I couldn't wrap my head around how am I going to operate a storage facility from we'll call an hour away. My first one was an hour away. All of them about an hour away, but from an hour away and I'm not going to spend any time on site and there's no manager on site. I couldn't really wrap my head around that. And this is still relatively new technology, uh, new ways of operating self storage. Um, we'll call it, it's definitely, I'd say the past seven to eight years is when it really, uh, when it happened. And that's because of, um, software mainly is the, is the big thing. Um, but yeah, people just started figuring out systems and make it work. So we'll get into it. So storage facility number one, hopefully you guys can see that. Um, I'm trying to look at my screen, make sure you guys can see it. Yeah, you should be able to see it. So storage facility number one bought in June of 19. And, um, I had quite a bit of CapEx, which we're going to leave that off to the side. I, I, right now I manage all my CapEx. Um, and that, that includes cameras, gate, um, uh, fence, stone, trying to think what else I've done. Um, some roof, which isn't really, I haven't done CapEx with that. It's been more general repairs. So, um, we'll leave that to the side, but right now I'm basically managing that stuff. I do have someone now that could take care of that, um, uh, going forward. But first one, I did all that myself. Um, and then what I did was before I got into cotton, before I, I, um, closed my first storage facility. I was already in contract. I found a, and by the way, I, I did learn this from Mike Wagner, store Gabillion. Uh, he did help me uh, back in, uh, I think we met, I think it was right before, I think it was May of 19, something like that. Uh, it was probably still snowing up there in New York when I went. Um, so I did learn, I, I needed about an hour worth of information, which is kind of what I'm going to describe here. Um, on my first couple of facilities, how I ran it and, and he helped me with that. So appreciate it. Appreciate it, Mike. So first thing was I need to find the software that I liked. So I used what is called easy storage solutions, um, ESS. 
they were owned um, by a couple guys, I think, back then. Um, I want to say 2020, 2021. Uh, Storable bought them out. Uh, it's definitely changed since then. Um, but it was a great place to start. It's still a great place, in my opinion, as far as software. It's still a great place to start um, for one, two, maybe three storage facilities. And we'll kind of go through the progression here um, as, as I went along. So I started with easy storage solutions. So that software um, has all the renters, my rent roll, everything in there. Uh, you can take payments through it. You can rent units through it. And one big thing, um, other than those two, one big thing is you can set your gate up to be controlled by your software. So that means if um, unit seven is late in Ohio, it's, um, it's 10 days past due. If you're 10 days past due, you get locked out. So back in the day, uh, we'll call it a decade ago, someone would have to go out to the site and put an overlock on the unit, on the actual unit itself, on unit seven. Now with software for myself, I lock them out at the gate so they can't even get into the storage facility. And that happens automatically through the software. I don't have to do anything. So day 10, um, after they're late, they're automatically locked out at the, the gate. They cannot get in. So immediately, if they happen to go there on the 10th, 11th, 12th, whatever, if they haven't paid, their code, gate code does not work. So what do you think they do? They're going to call us, say, hey, what's going on? I can't get in. Whether they forgot payment or they didn't pay on purpose or whatever it is, um, they now have to pay in order to get access to the facility and to their unit. Um, I will say that, um, I don't know where I was going there, but that was that, that's the gist of it, right? You're locked out of the gate. Um, it's pretty simple. Uh, it takes all the work out of myself and out of um, whoever would put overlocks on the units. So it's all automatic. That's a huge, um, you know, you're cutting your expenses big time there and your time. So ESS software, that's the general overlay. Um, obviously, you can look up uh, your financials through it. Uh, you can look up um, collections reports, all that stuff. They've got pretty good reporting in there as well. Um, at the same time, I used um, ESS call center, which back then, uh, 2019, it was great. Uh, not as many people manage their storage facilities this way. Things have definitely changed, and that was mainly due uh, to COVID because there was a lot of, especially early days of COVID, there was a lot of non-touch, and uh, you couldn't be around people. You had to be socially distanced, all that stuff. So a lot of storage owners started thinking, okay, how can I continue to uh, generate business without meeting people, going to the site, um, having contact with people. So people started to talk and uh, more people went over to ESS, their call center and their software. Um, and it just it just ruined the call center, in my opinion. Um, again, this is all my opinion. Um, I'm not saying any of this is fact, this is just my experience. So the call center with ESS was great at the time. Um, since then, more call centers have popped up, which is gonna happen over time. Um, as new owners, um, I guess, adopt this new remotely managed philosophy. Um, so I didn't take phone calls. Um, I didn't rent units. I didn't take payment. I didn't do any of that stuff day one. I had all this stuff set up, ready to go as soon as I closed on my storage facility. So 
I closed, I don't remember the date, but I closed on Monday. That Monday afternoon, I've already got someone taking phone calls. If, if someone calls in to rent a unit, um, make payment, whatever it is, they're not talking to me. They're talking to the call center. Um, and they're not, they're also not talking to the previous owner. Um, I also have on all my facilities signs. Uh, for the most part, they're all about the same. Um, I do have some with um, uh, pylon signs. But for the most part, I just have like a three by four uh, PVC sign that says, um, you know, whatever name, self-storage facility, phone number. Uh, sorry, we missed you. Uh, please call the phone number or rent a unit or make payment online or website. So the phone number and website are kind of highlighted on that sign. Um, and that's just telling them, hey, there's no one on site here. If you want to rent a unit, if you got problems, make payment, whatever. You got to call or you got to go online. So right there, that's right at the gate. So as soon as someone pulls in, they see that right away. Um, so that's kind of how we get that communication out to possible renters that are driving by. I would say majority of our rentals, and it's hard to track, but majority of our rentals are uh, people finding us online. And that's either through our website or just Google where they find our phone number and call us. And they know where the facility is. So they are finding us online. Either way, uh, most people are not driving by. But if they are, again, phone number, website are on the signs right by the gate so that they know no one's on site. They can call or go online to rent. So software, call center, and then hired a boots on the ground guy. Uh, the first one that I hired, fortunately I hired, I think I reached out to him before closing, which is typically what I do. Uh, a week or two before closing, I try to find a helper. And typically that's a referral from the seller. So I'll go to the seller and just say, hey, I'm going to have a little bit of maintenance work, cleanup work. Do you have anybody in mind? Most times the sellers have three to five people to recommend. So then I have options. I can actually interview people and narrow it down. Uh, the first one, I think it was just the first guy that <laughs> that uh, that was recommended to me, talked to him, seemed like a good guy. He ran a storage unit there, which is usually the case. He was semi-retired. I believe he had some a few rental properties as well, but he didn't. He just had time on his hands and enjoyed the little bit extra work. And that work included uh, picking up trash around the storage facility, cleaning out units as people move out, um, sweeping them, spraying the springs, and then we also overlock our vacant units. So those were his three things. Well, and then keeping eyes on the property. Okay, those were his four things that he did. I had to, what I found out that most of my boots on the ground that I was hiring didn't want to mow, didn't want to spray for weeds. So I found third-party contractors for that. So still light management, right, on my part. Um, the one thing I did not have my boots on the ground do at the time was cut auction locks. And I'll go into that further too um, later. But I did that myself. So the first few facilities, I was cutting auction locks myself. It was minimal. We were actually doing at the time when I took this one over, online auctions were, I guess, less prevalent. They were they were around, but we actually did my first, I want to say four to five auctions were live and in person with an actual auctioneer, which is interesting. Uh, the guy that was my auctioneer actually ended up being 
uh, boots on the ground at one of my other facilities, a few other facilities and awesome guy, um, great auctioneer, but it, I found it to be easier auctions online. Kind of got off track there, but yeah, boots on the ground, um, depending on the size of the facility. My first facility was 12,000 square feet. So it's easy to run that size facility with this type of management, right? Um, I don't know where the break breaking point is. I've got some 30, 40,000 square feet facilities where we still run it basically this way. I don't know where it is. 100,000 square feet, you probably got to have someone on site. 50,000, I don't know. It's kind of up to you. Uh, you got to figure that out. So this is the, these are the three main things. Then I'll add um, kind of a fourth and a fifth, which cameras. Um, every site, uh, majority of our sites have cameras. Um, I've just got a couple new ones that I have not added cameras to yet. But that's just an extra eye for myself that if anything happens, break-ins, um, snow, grass is too high, too many weeds, I can check on the cameras, see what the site looks like without having to drive an hour to check it out. It takes me five minutes to check on the cameras on my phone as opposed to driving an hour down, hour back to do a, a site check. So these definitely save time. Um, obviously, they're for security reasons as well. Um, if anything, to scare people away. But we have sent camera footage to um, local police when we do have break-ins. So that's another key component that we have at our facilities. Um, the other one, probably the last one here, is, uh, is fence and gate, which I've talked about. But, um, and it integrates into the software. But fencing gate for me is huge. And I do have two new sites that I don't have fencing gate. Take that back. One does. We don't have the gate operating yet. Um, but they're smaller sites. We're talking 70 and 40 units. So they're smaller sites. Um, have not done the, the gate and fence there yet. We could be having some changes there. So I haven't made a decision. Anyways, big thing for us is fencing gate. It's for security. And as I said, with the software, People are automatically locked out after 10 days of being late through the gate. So this is how I run it with, um, and I would say that first storage facility, including the auctions, I maybe spent, we'll call it two hours a week, maybe. It was probably less than that. First one's a little bit different just because you're, you're in it more. Um, if I ran it the way I ran it now and it was my first one, I'd spend five minutes a week on it. So I did minimal. I did go down there a lot on the first one hour away. I was still working my nine to five. I did travel there a lot during my nine to five too. Um, just to keep eyes on things. I didn't, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I didn't know, you know, what things look like on site. So I did spend some time there and, and that did help with it being local. My first one being local did help. I know a lot of people that their first one and all their portfolios are remote, which is absolutely fine. Um, it create it, it forces you to, to create systems like these and better systems. Um, for myself, I've done these and then have improved over time. Uh, if you buy remotely, you've kind of got to come out of the gate and have your your systems on point right away. So that's facility one and facility one through five. We'll call it, yeah one through five. We're basically the same. So I have facility one through five and um, technically on my third facility, I, I left my job. Um, 
So I was doing, uh, I, I closed on my fourth facility after I left my job too. So it was all in that third and fourth were right around the same time. But I had, um, while I was working full time, I had, we'll call it two and a half storage facilities that I was running, um, working a full-time job, working a full-time nine to five. Um, once I got to my fifth, um, I started to refine things a little bit, um, as opposed to having different vendors at each site, um, like mowing grass, spraying weeds, uh, snow removal, those type of things. I had different contractors at each site cause they're in different cities. Um, I started finding that I needed to make things easier and have one contractor if possible to cover all of them. And I was able to find that with weeds and grass, uh, snow's a little bit different cause we're so spread out. Uh, but I was able to to refine that. So the less the less moving pieces you have, especially as far as maintenance or contractors or boots on the ground, the easier. So fast forward a little bit. This is uh, facility five. Uh, then comes facility. What was it? I think six and seven um, at the same time. That's when um, I decided to. Change software, change call center, and those were my two big changes. So I changed um, to StoreEdge, which is owned by Storable, which also owns Easy Storage Solutions now. I switched to StoreEdge because reporting, especially corporate reporting, became um, very cumbersome to where in ESS, you have to go to each facility log in, log out. It may be a little bit different now, but you basically have to log in, log out and pull reports for individual facilities. And then you basically have to make up your own report to look at the global picture of all your facilities together um, as, a, as a corporate base, as a corporation, basically. So store what storage does, it allows you to, um, I guess, set up softwares the same as all your other sites and also pulls better reports, better corporate reporting. Um, to where I can look at everything globally. So now I've got soon to be 14 sites uh, coming next. Well, when this podcast um, airs, I'll have 14 sites. Um, and now I am able to re- I am able to see reports on a corporate level for all 14 sites combined, which is awesome. Um, I can still break them down individually. I can still look at each site individually, but then I can combine everything and look at everything as a global picture too, which is what I was looking for once I got to facility six and seven. Um, at the same time, and this is kind of why I changed. So I, I talked about how the ESS call center was not great. Um, I switched to a different call center called automated, automated storage. Um, feel free to reach out to me. I, I've, I've loved them so far. I've had them for coming up on two years here. I've loved them. They've been awesome. Um, especially when it comes to third party call centers because no one's, and I'll, I'll say this and I'll, and I'll say this to um, I'm actually friends with, with the owner at automated. I'll tell him this too. No one's going to answer your calls the way you will or the way um, someone will that you hire. Right? So they are great at the same time. They don't know the, the local nuances of our storage facilities they don't know the local nuances of the towns that we're in, great directions, all those things. So they have to, they do have kind of a cheat sheet for each facility, which is awesome. 
and we'll kind of go into that too on, on how they run things. Um, but it's still when they're called, when someone calls in, you can tell that you're calling a call center. You're not calling somebody that is, um, you know, it's not the owners, people that are answering. You can, you can tell. Um, but with that said, they're still great. If you don't want to have your own in-house call center, they're awesome to use. Again, feel free to reach out to me with more information. Um, but yeah, I am using automated, it's what they're called, automated storage uh, for call center. And then um, uh, storage for, for software. Um, I could go further into both those, but for the most part, they're doing the same things. And I'll add a couple of things here. They're doing the same things as everything that was happening over here only on a, on a bigger scale and better quality. So um, software is better quality. <clears throat> the call center is better quality. I also have the call center doing more work. So I have the call center also um, doing auctions, all auctions for me. So I'm not doing auctions. So at this time too, we also, we still have our boots on the ground. Um, but what we did was instead of me cutting the locks uh, for auctions, after you know site five i'm at site five i was probably going out three times a year cutting the auction locks not terrible but once i started getting six and seven i'm like i'm done cutting auction locks this is just taking up too much time um, there are better things i can do with my time so now our boots on the ground are cutting the auction locks and making that process simple simpler um we also automated brought us in on, it's called monday.com. It's an app. Um, it's kind of like a CRM. It does a bunch of things, but it's our main communication with the call center, which is automated and with our boots on the ground. So, um, and, I, and I'll kind of back up here in a second, but all of our communication goes through, through Monday. Um, happens on that app. Everything's searchable. Everything's there forever. So if a tenant calls in that was there two years ago and moved out, we still have those notes in there. We can search it. Um, and I'll back up a little bit. So I think it was site, I think it was around site five, four or five. I hired a, um, a part-time assistant to, <laughs> to deal with the ESS call center. Um, cause they would have crazy questions that made no sense that they would ask repeatedly. So I couldn't take it anymore. Instead of finding a new call center, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna hire an assistant. And, their questions, ESS call center questions would come through email. My assistant took care of those and um, trying to think what else. Any fires that needed to put out with customers, she would call that too. And then as I grew, that, ro that role grew as well. Um, ended up hiring uh, a buddy of mine that is now owns his own property management company, um, which he did an awesome job. It kind of got him in, he was in transition point from a W-2 to owning his property management company. So kind of in that transition point, he helped me out. He did an awesome job. Um, when I changed to automated, um, I didn't let him go, but his his uh, property management business was growing. So it kind of made sense for both of us to kind of part ways and we're still friends. Um, but yeah, my, my systems were looking different, so I didn't really necessarily need him anymore. Um, I kind of thought that hiring this, um, hiring automated, the call center, I kind of call them a hybrid, um, call center because they are, they're somewhat property management and they're somewhat call center. 
they are a call center, but they're somewhat property management. So there's somewhat of a hybrid. I thought hiring them, I didn't really need an assistant. Um, I learned pretty quickly, probably within a couple of weeks that I didn't want to, the call center still had questions. Um, they just didn't come through email. They came through Monday. I realized pretty quickly, okay, I don't want to answer these questions, even though they were for the most part one off. Um, and they were good questions that the call center reps needed to ask. It wasn't worth my time. So I started with, this was where I guess the bigger transition happened was, um, facilities eight, the what, I guess 13, um, the bigger transition happened was I went from uh, my buddy that was a part-time an assistant to hiring a part-time district manager. And she's been great. She's been, what, over a year now? Uh, maybe a year, close to a year and a half, something like that, uh, doing this job. She started part-time. She was working a full-time job. And um, I had in the back of my mind, and actually I, I told her too, that I wanted this position to go to a full-time position because I wanted to keep growing. Um, I knew there were tasks I could still offload, give to her. So over the course of, we'll call it, I don't know, four or five, six months, she was part-time and then decided to bring her on full-time. So now I've got um, between facilities eight and 13, um, I've still have the same call center automated um, they're taking phone calls, running units, taking payments, all that stuff. Um, using storage software still, uh, and still have boots on the ground. So my boots on the ground are still, I've got them all over the place and I've got a bunch of them, right? So 13 facilities, uh, I do have, I did have some that shared some sites. I had two guys that did two or three sites each. So I think I had eight, I think it was seven or eight boots on the ground, um, there's still a lot of moving pieces and they communicated with the call center through the Monday app. And there was a lot of, um, just wasn't great team chemistry. Um, not that anything went really poorly. We did have one helper that, that wasn't that great. That kind of forced us to go a different direction. Um, but when I'll go into this, um, our district manager really took the reins, um, took ownership, took control, and started making better systems, better processes that I didn't have time to even think about, let alone do. Um, so hiring a full-time person um, on my staff has been awesome because now I don't have to worry about the day-to-day -day nuances. Not that I did as much when I had a, a part-time person, but now like break-ins, I don't hear about um, for the most part. If they need something, they'll reach out to me. But for the most part, I don't hear about the day-to-day -day whatsoever um, to the point where sometimes it's a little scary to where it's like, I wonder if everything's running smoothly. Um, so it's a good problem. But that transition has been awesome to have a full-time person on my staff. Um, she's, she's and, and my, I'm going to miss all the things that she does. I, I think I wrote it down. Maybe I didn't. Um, but yeah, she's customer service. If we have an angry customer, she's going to reach out to them. She's answering emails. She's answering text messages that come through. Um, she's handling Google My Business pages. Uh, she's got Facebook pages that she's handling with us. She's communicating through the Monday app with the call center and our boots on the ground. Um, I know I'm missing things. Uh, she's helping with auctions. 
just she's following up and trying to track those people down so that they will pay or try to get them to pay. What else? I know I'm missing some things. So she's handling basically all the day-to-day operations, which is awesome. Um, and at the same time for her, it is a, it's still a lifestyle position, which is kind of what I wanted. So for her, she, uh, she moved with her daughter to college. They now live in the same town that the daughter's going to college, not to give her too much information about her, but she wanted to be able to live closer to her daughter, which is two hours away from where they did live. Um, and this position allows her to do that. So that was, that made me feel good that I could provide, um, I could help provide her, you know, a living to what, and a lifestyle job to where she could move to wherever she wanted to do this job, wherever she is. So that was awesome. Um, fast forward a little bit. I know this is probably, if, if you're still hanging on good for you, um, cause this can kind of get a little, um, I mean, I'm a little bored myself, listening to myself, but it's, it's, it's a little boring. It's just management stuff. It's not all that exciting. Um, it's not like taking down a deal and talking numbers, but this is where, um, you know, this is where your business is, right? A deal only happens once. What are you going to do with that deal? And what's the operations look like? You can buy a great deal, hire a horrible property manager, which I've seen it. Um, there's horrible ones out there uh, or call center. Hire horrible management and management and run the place into the ground. So this is super important, even though it's boring. I'm boring myself. Um, <coughs> it's still it's very 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 important. And if you don't want to run it yourself, then you've got to hire somebody, whether that's a great third party management management team um, or you're hiring in house. And as you can see, I've kind of got a hybrid because I have a call center and I have a district manager. Um, then I've got people on site, obviously, uh, I do know people that have brought their call center in-house and obviously there's advantages to that. I haven't done that yet. It's possible. I will. I don't know. Um, there's definitely, uh, there's definitely positives to it, but there's negatives too. Cause with any call center, you're going to have more turnover. Um, no matter what anybody says, it's just that position. You're probably going to have more turnover. Um, there's more babysitting. So if we happen to do it at some point, uh, my district manager is going to have more babysitting, more training, those type of things. Um, so that's eight through 13. Um, and then after I've closed on, I guess, 12 and 13 facilities, um, which is present now, uh, we're two months into it. I decided to hire a full-time maintenance person and got rid of the local boots on the ground guys, um, which has been, um, and now that, now that I'm uh, writing this on the whiteboard, it's kind of funny. I thought I was going to go more in depth here. So if you didn't watch this on YouTube, I'm sure you still got the same information, same takeaways. Um, but I did uh, end up getting rid of, not getting rid of, I, I don't, I don't want to say that because the boots on the grounds that I were using, we're still going to use them as emergency backups. Uh, but I decided to hire a full-time maintenance person, and he is traveling to six different towns in Ohio. He lives closer to me, so all of them are roughly an hour from him, which isn't bad. Um, he's about two months into it. I think we're both kind of tracking, you know, how will this go? Um, can he handle that many that many sites? So far, he's been doing an awesome job. Um, just, just having that one, he's 
a, a great person, great employee. Um, but just having that extra care um, that a full-time person should bring as a part, as opposed to a part-time person, uh, like little things, you know, expecting a part-time person, boots on the ground person, I was paying, and I didn't tell you how much I was paying my boots on the grounds. I was paying them probably between $100 and $400 a month um, um, for each facility, for each boots on the ground, depending on the type of work that, that they did. Now, if they did extra work, I'd pay more, obviously. Um, bigger the facility, more money they made. Um, but they're only going to do so much. Most of those guys are either semi-retired, um, completely retired, or, or still working. And they didn't have time to make that extra um, special touch. Like little things, like I, I'm in my, in my mind, I'm thinking we could put um, some type of landscaping or flower beds around our signage, um, around our entrance to each facility. Little things like that. I couldn't expect um, our part-time boots on the ground to do things like that. Those are things that I want to do with our full-time maintenance person. Um, he is also doing the, the grass cutting and taking care of the weeds. So that's huge too. So now we have less moving pieces. We've got everything with one person. Um, and, and I've told our maintenance person this, um, and we call him operations manager. Um, but I've told him this too, that <clears throat> it, it's tough because we're relying on one person for everything, right? So if he, if he decides like, Hey, I don't really like this job anymore, or just wants to leave for whatever reason, we're kind of in a tough spot. Um, we'd have to call back all of our boots on the grounds again, um, and, and basically rehire them, which wouldn't be a big deal. I'm guessing 90%, if not all of them would say, yeah, I'd, I'd love to help out again. Um, but we are putting our eggs all in one basket with one maintenance person. Um, however, as we grow, um, I do want to hire someone underneath him. Um, hopefully that's sooner than later. Cause I would like to take some things off his plate. Um, but with scale, and as you can tell, um, with scale systems have gotten better. They've become refined. Um, there's less moving pieces. There's just, it just makes things easier. Communication's better, right? So go back to, um, our call center, communicate with our call center, our district manager, and now our full-time maintenance person. Now we only have three pieces, right? As opposed to when we had seven or eight boots on the ground, that's adding eight additional employees. You got to track down eight different people. Um, it's just easier communication. So it's um, so far it's been great. Um, but that's been basically how I, I run uh, my facilities. It's pretty simple. Um, I'm over a half hour now. I'm surprised it went that long. Um, probably just me babbling. But it's um, um, you know it, storage is super simple. The management's super simple. You just got to try things, see what works. Everyone's got some different nuances. Um, one big thing that that I like that I haven't seen, I don't see a ton of people. I People definitely do it, but I implemented it basically, what, month two was locking vacant units. And the reason I did that was because the first facility that I got, I was going there weekly, just checking on things. Um, I would find a unit without a lock on it. I'd open up the door and I'd find people sleeping in it. So I get, it got to the point where I'm like, I, I, I can't deal with that anymore. I don't want to find another homeless person sleeping in a storage unit. So that's when we started overlocking vacant units. 
Um, but as you grow, you, you figure out these little things that, that just make your business better, run smoother. Um, hopefully your gross profits are better. Um, all those things. So that's all I've got. Um, feel free to reach out. Uh, it, it seems like the interview shows are going, uh, pretty well. I'm probably going to stick to those more than these kind of just myself on here. Um, while I do like these, it seems like we get more traction on the interviews. I get more out of them, to be honest. Um, but would love your feedback. Uh, thanks for everyone sharing my, my podcast and supporting. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks. Thanks for following, subscribing, and listening to this episode of the Do More podcast hosted by John Farling. To learn more or ask questions, go to l4investing.com.